but it needs to be default, right, for everybody, because not everyone's gonna go. There's, you know, you know, and that there are people that use Gmail that have never once clicked on that gear. Never once have they never. ever clicked on that gear. There's magic in them there. <laughs> Menu options. Please. Of Yats most weeks, Wednesday evenings, always right here. Yet another texture.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, Larry Press is in the house. What's up, Larry? Hey, guys. Good to see you. Mike Rothman joining us. How you doing, Mike? Real well. Good to see you guys. The new and improved publicly traded Ant Pruitt in the house. What's going on, Ant? Wait a minute. Publicly traded? I'm not a hooker or something what are you talking about <laughs> no but your company public, man. but your company yes. my public. employer is now on the new york stock exchange and i am proud to, be there. proud to be there do you get do you get some stock uh yes there will be um offerings for that Cool. And now, from right. from this point on, if we discuss anything related to that business, now Ant has to disclose that indeed he does own some stocks. So he might this be true. His opinion might be a little swayed. I'm just saying. You're going to recuse yourself. I, I plead a fifth. Right now. <laughs> That's right. Ant, are you in a hotel room? It looks like Chateau Ghetto's had an upgrade. <laughs> that would be no. That's just I actually closed my curtains for once. He wow. actually. <laughs> He had he had the so much disappointment of his neighbors. That takes an effort, you know, because most of the time I didn't care, dude. Come on. He had so much fun in Vegas. He wanted to model his room like the hotel room there. <laughs> <Like> hotel. <laughs> That's were, awesome. Were, were you in Vegas recently, or is this back at CES? Oh no, CES time. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. From that. So, uh, yesterday was April Fools. Obviously, I mean, pretty much the worst possible day to to do a podcast on. We did Attack of the Androids. And it was just, we kind of threw it out there at the beginning of the show. You decide, is this true or is this BS? And that's kind of how we, we went from there. But today, I'm going to assume that what we discuss is going to be true and not BS, uh, even if it sounds like it might be BS. So well, once... it's going to be as true as our BS ever is. That's, that is true. <laughs> that is not BS, for example. Well said. Well said. Thank you. So uh, I'll, I want to I want to just mention I, I learned something today. I use Chrome. I've been using Chrome for a while, and I had some tabs I needed to move. And I, I don't know if everybody else except for me and I think Ant didn't know this, but if you hold down Control and click tabs, you can move a whole group of them, like somewhere else to another screen or something. So if you do podcasts or whatever, and you have a bunch of tabs open, if you're in Chrome, you can move them as a group. I didn't know that, so I just want to throw that out there. Maybe y'all didn't know that. Maybe y'all are like, yeah, duh. Come on. Yeah, now my screen just crashed. Thanks. Right? <laughs> All these resources. 
<laughs> trying to move tabs around and everything. <laughs> yeah, I've got a cool Chrome extension that lets you take a bunch, take your tabs and all collapse them into one. One giant tab? I use it all the time. How does that work if it's one tab? It's oh, it's it's one tab, which is in fact a list of all the tabs that were. That oh, just... so it turns that into like your recent or, but it, it's whatever tabs you choose. Exactly. That's kind of yeah. cool. And you that can have interesting packs and packs. I'll send you. I'll post a. Uh, I can't even remember its name right now, and I'm not on my computer, but it is cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So Actually, I do have it because Google is so cool. <laughs> because I, I can just right ask now. Google. I also noticed while we're mentioning Chrome that they move notifications for uh, stuff into your task thing. And they've had the notification thing there for a minute, but it's been empty. Uh, so now it's starting to actually populate. And I, I don't know how recent this is, but ba- basically the same notifications you would see in uh, in like Google Now, I guess. You see the weather yeah. and, and stuff like that. So kind of cool. Just keep making it bigger. I'm going to need a 64-bit system pretty soon just to run Chrome. <laughs> My 3.75 gigs of RAM is just starting to not cut it. They need, like, oh, Chrome Lite or something. I think it's called Opera. I should start using Opera. <laughs> Dude, you should just run your show off of the um, off of your Moto X. I should. It's faster. <laughs> you got more resources there. No kidding. So, uh, Mike, you went to the Build Conference. Uh, that's still going on, or is it? did that end? I did. I was at the Bell, Build um, during the day today. In fact, here is my official Build press pass. Nice. Wait, In is that Build? Microsoft Orange. Is that Build or Bold? Because Slash B is the HTML to bold something. Yeah, that's in the rest of the world, but for Microsoft, slash brackets build. Oh, yeah, you're right. Developers, developers, developers. Actually, it was a very interesting keynote, uh, about three hours, and Microsoft announced a lot of different stuff. Now, a good deal of what they're announcing is still what I would characterize in the realm of catch-up with Android or iOS. So, for example, first thing out of the shoot, they talk at length about their new Cortana service, powered by the Bing platform, mind you. And Cortana is, of course, a Siri or a um, now Google type of service. You speak to Cortana, she speaks back to you. She answers your questions. She knows your flight itinerary. She knows uh, where you live and the name of your sister. Now, can I ask, Mike, is this only useful if you use, like, Hotmail or whatever they call it now? Just like Google Now is only useful if Google has the info. Is that where they're, they're calling this data from then? Well, it's going to be most useful if you use their, yes, if you use their email platform. Sure. So limited probably, but still usable it, uh, to do searches or to ask about the weather, those sorts of common things. Right, right. And also, you can fill out a, uh, a template of information that you want te- uh, Cortana to know about you. So you can sort of preload a good deal of that stuff. Um, 
demoed today, and it looks fast. It looks highly accurate, although not perfect. But of course, this was a vendor demonstration. We've got to see what it really looks like when it gets out in the wild, and the search engine is being, you know, stressed with thousands or tens, hundreds of thousands of requests, more or less simultaneously. Still looks impressive. They've made they, they, uh, Microsoft has announced the release of Windows Phone 8.1. It'll be available on new devices in May and over the coming months as uh, uh, telcos deem to make us privileged. Uh, it will roll out to existing devices through telcos. Yeah, I like how they mentioned that in the in the keynote. He says sometime in a few months. Just yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's really complicated. He's like, man, I ain't even gonna try to give you a date. <laughs> uh huh. So, uh, and they've made a lot of incremental kinds of improvements in uh, in Windows Phone 8.1. The sort of things, usability improvements. Of course, the addition of Cortana that you mostly already see in iOS or Android, but they're nice things to have. But the thing about that, I feel like, is that they are unable to to go any further until they're caught up. So people will give them a hard time, like, oh, you're just playing catch up. But what else could they do? Like, you have to play have catch to up this stuff, to have right? the foundation to then, you know, innovate on top of. And hopefully that's what they'll do and they won't just... I mean, that's the dilemma is that are they always going to forever play catch up or will they get to a point where now they're being innovative? Well, if you remember, people asked the very same thing about Google, right. about Android uh, two years ago. Will Android ever be able to catch up to iOS? And, of course, Android has surpassed iOS. I'm not predicting that with Windows Phone. Uh, I, I don't see the momentum behind Windows Phone that Android has today, but... They do have more than 400,000 apps in their app store now. So That's they're, a you, you know, yeah, it is. So that they're, they're clearly getting to where they need to be, at least as the numbers game. Their apps are still behind, though. If you do uh, an app-by-app -app comparison on the two platforms, say Android and Windows Phone, the Windows Phone app is never as fully featured or as rarely as fully featured as the equivalent app, Android app. Now, is that because of what that we, – we talked about their, their program that they were going to pay developers to get their apps over. Is that why we saw such a large jump? I mean, do they have the majority of the popular apps that normal people would want? Yeah, they have the majority of the apps, but they're not really fully featured. And I, I think the issue there is – Android represents some huge percentage of the marketplace. Let's, right. let's say, for the sake of argument, 90% of the smartphone. Well, Android and iOS together, together yeah. represent probably 94% of the marketplace. That doesn't, you know, that leaves 4% for Microsoft and 2% for everybody else. So... Developers aren't yet putting a lot of effort in into their Microsoft apps. 
it's the same game we see with hackers or not hackers i should say but people crafting attack vectors for like uh, malware exploits stuff like that they they focus where the people are it's same with developers they're not going to develop their app if there's like 10 people on the platform you're going to focus on android and then ios or ios and then android you know vice versa and get the numbers and then as an afterthought you're like oh i we might as well cobble together you know this thing because my friend has a windows phone and you know he wants it or something exactly now as has been widely reported uh, microsoft is releasing windows 8.1 up upgrade i think they call it the windows 8.1 upgrade uh next tuesday so if you have if you're set to download updates yeah uh, you'll get that next tuesday and while it has a number of sort of smallish usability improvements its real changes are in the back end uh, the the for me the big news today at build is something Microsoft is calling their unified application development platform, Mm -hmm. which means with one Visual Studio, which is their their development platform, one Visual Studio installation, you can can develop apps for Windows Phone, Windows Tablets, Windows Desktop, and they announced today also for Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So we will very shortly be seeing Windows applications on Xbox One, but also Xbox One applications running on Windows. And uh, so you, you've got the possibility of all those games that, will, that have been or will be developed for Xbox One also playable on uh, Windows 8 desktops. That opens up a whole huge section of people. Yeah. Now, to make that happen, they've announced Windows, uh, Microsoft's announced a new product today, the uh, Connect for Windows. Uh, that's, That's the new version of Connect that comes with Xbox one running on Windows 8. Mm. So if you make the investment, and it's going to be better than $100, if you make the investment to add this to your Windows 8 desktop or even tablet, uh, laptop, you could use gesture control, you could use voice recognition, you could replace your video camera with that newer video camera, all of that stuff. So all in all, um, Microsoft is is not standing still. They are moving quickly, uh, and they're trying to catch up. Yeah. Whether, or not, whether or not they gain traction in the marketplace, I, I haven't seen it yet. Did they have a yeah. funeral for Windows XP? that's pretty funny go ahead Larry you know what what we really help on would be tools to make it easier to port stuff from iOS and and, uh, to Windows uh, rather than than 
build one, you know, build once run on all Windows devices. Yeah. Um, I actually, think that the guy that did Wine is working on that kind of thing. I don't know. That would be useful. Or, as I understand it, the application development kit for Android is closer to Windows than the iOS kit is. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, Android Windows cross-platform development. Yeah. I think the guy that, that built Wine, that, that thing for, was it Wine where you could run uh, AS, ASP applications on Linux? Yes, Wine. Yeah. yeah, I believe that that guy is working on what Mike just talked about, but I'm not sure. I don't even remember his name. You know, it was about 5,000 developers. Uh, It was a really enthusiastic crowd. The Microsoft execs up presenting all this stuff, by the way, also including uh, Stephen E, uh, were were very enthusiastic. Uh, The the reception from the audience was very enthusiastic. So so at least among that 5,000 people, (laughs) <laughs> and those were people from all over the world, too, by the way. I, I've heard uh, or talked with Israelis, Germans, a number of Asians, uh, uh, Latin Americans, Canadians. This was not just a U.S. audience by any means. Gotcha. Mike, did they say anything about Office on other platforms? No. Uh, this, is day, this was day one of a three-day event. Okay. Uh, So there's going to be one more keynote and, of course, a lot more workshops and so on. Are you going to the whole, to the rest of the conference? Uh, I hope to go tomorrow, yes. I'm probably not going to go Friday. Right. I can tell you, I looked at about an hour and a half of the, the keynote. I haven't finished watching it yet, so I couldn't watch it live like I wanted to. Um, but what got my attention was, like you said, the whole universal uh, app development and making it across cross device worthy, as far as on the computer versus a tablet versus a phone. Um, I think that's a nice leg up, and some of the other um, other features that they put in for the developers to, you know, be able to get more downloads as far as like uh, in-app purchases go across your device. You know, if you want to install for lack of a better game, Angry Birds on your um, Surface tablet, if you go to your desktop and go to the store there, you can get it right there. It'll already be there for you, and even on your phone. Yeah. Does it seem like a no-brainer that that's where this stuff should go? Because they're, all of these devices are the same. I mean, Apple, Windows, Android, the device itself is it's all the same. It's transistors, it's a screen, it's touch, it's it's uh, gauges and, and measurements and all that. It seems like eventually we should get to the point where this one piece of software works on all of these dumb devices because the code knows what, what to do. It has code that can change it to run on the Windows device or the Android device, depending on what the user preference is. That's a- that sounds hard technically, but it's also they don't they want to lock you in. They don't want you running 
to, to have that flexibility. It's, yeah, where where does the the manufacturer win if 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 there's a bunch of flexibility? Yeah. Make know? the yeah. coolest hardware. Now I I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you one thing that I found cool. Uh, as the speaker was up on the stage speaking, uh, and th this was speaking extemporaneously, obviously prepared remarks, but they they weren't reading a script, is what I mean. Mm -hmm. the, the large screen projections of them speaking, you know, for the huge auditorium, yeah. contained English language captions of what they were saying that appeared almost simultaneously with their saying those words. Yeah, the, he mentioned that at the beginning of his session, right, as far as the yeah. technology used in that. And the, the claim was this was uh, Bing voice, to, yeah. uh, you know, uh, speech to text translation provided. But yeah, what, caught my, what caught my attention was it was, so far as I could tell, it was virtually flawless. And I've never seen virtually flawless speech to text, so I don't quite know how they did that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Microsoft has big research labs. Yeah. They've been working with speech processing and hiring guys from Carnegie Mellon and so forth all along. And that's what I was thinking, like, that'll differentiate. If, if, if it turns out that, uh, that their speech recognition machine is better than Siri's, uh, that is a way that they can differentiate themselves, even though they both do in speech recognition. Or better than Google. Uh, I've been messing with, with uh, Google Translate and Bing Translate a little bit. Mm -hmm. and right now, in my just anecdotal screwing around, uh, Google Translate is, does a way better job than Bing Translate. If you do a kind of a round trip from English to Swahili and back to English, it comes back more like what you started with if you do it with Google and with Bing. How would it be different, um, so though? Those things make really differentiate the, just the quality of the software. Aren't they all pulling from the same, like, language databases, though? I, I, I don't understand how one translation from a computer can be any better than another from a computer if they have the same data to pull uh, from. Like, a word is the word is the word, you know? No, if the algorithms are different, they, they really... Uh, for sure, they're independent. But it's a language. What's I, I wonder to what extent, you know, that stuff when it was in the academic world, you know, guys would publish what they were doing and, and whatnot. But now, I bet it's really top secret within both, uh, all three companies, Apple, Google, Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, my experience with Google is that their, spe their tech, speech to text is really good. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> they even get my southern drawl right. Uh, and, you, you know, the, the final part of the keynote today was Satya Nadala, the new Microsoft CEO. Right. Very interesting guy, very effective speaker. But he he speaks with an Indian accent, and mm -hmm. his pronunciation is a, is a little different than standard American <laughs> pronunciation. But even with that challenge, um, their, their speech-to-text, their Cortana, uh, translation was virtually perfect. You know, they may do some tailoring it, uh, you know, training it to his voice, too. Yeah, and they probably do that. Yeah, it's you a know. demo, right? They should, <laughs> they should give the user in it the, the capability to spend 10, 15 minutes training the, the recognizer to their own voice. Mr. Rothman, since you were there, 
you say the energy was 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 pretty up to up to snuff there. You know, felt like people were excited to be there and whatnot. Because yeah. that's my concern was, you know, how would Nadala approach this particular event, this being his first one as the chief? Um, and then as you talked about the whole Indian accent and everything, it, it's not necessarily what that particular conference has been accustomed to, you know, unlike the Google event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, and I'll tell you, this was a... Uh, there were there were a lot of Indians in the room attending as participants, mm -hmm. and, and also Germans and Asians and other other nationalities, as I've said. So it's it isn't just a U.S. audience by any means. Mm -hmm. I thought he was very effective, uh, very forceful. The way he handled his uh, his portion of the keynote was that. Prior to the keynote, uh, Microsoft had given uh, developers opportunities to record questions that he would answer, and they selected, I don't know, six or eight questions that were recorded by individuals so that the, the, rec the video recording was shown, and then he answered the question. And they were, they were tough questions. Like the first question uh, he was asked by a developer was, you know, Mr. Nadala, I'm a I'm a Android uh, and Google platform developer. Uh, why should I uh, invest my uh, you know my limited time in developing for Microsoft? You know, it's a tough question. <laughs> and of course, he had he had a well thought out you know well prepared answer which he delivered well. Uh, which is that Microsoft is uh, is not not ever again approaching it approaching the marketplace as if it is the incumbent. It is approaching the marketplace knowing it's got to constantly innovate. And the you know the the heart of his answer was that you're going to see Microsoft innovation on steroids going forward. Well, and that's a lesson learned, right? They stayed stagnant for quite a while riding that that desktop wave. Yeah, they sure did. And and you know, he he also makes the obvious point, you know, there are 1.5 billion people using some version of Microsoft Windows, uh Microsoft products. Uh so it's a big platform. It's a the successful platform, all the rest of it. Yeah, we're running the show on it. I mean, some of it's Google, but then some of it's Cool Edit Pro, and that's that's all mm -hmm. Windows, you know. Yeah, you can't. The, the truth is, you can't get away from Windows. No, nope. uh, it's your ATM machines. It's your point of sales. It's literally everywhere. Everything. <laughs> exactly. Which is also that lays a pretty big responsibility on them to you know keep it somewhat stable and and not not full of holes yeah yeah and uh no they did they did not address today at all the uh the end of life uh uh for uh windows xp well it's good because it's in like five days so 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they got plenty of time. And I've heard on other podcasts, I mean, if you're really worried about it, all you have to do is most people run Windows XP as admin. So you just make a new account that's not admin and then switch everything to that and then just run in that, just like you would on Linux. You're not running a super user all the time. That's why there's super users. So you can escalate real quick. Like, So and mm-hmm. assuming that that's true, you just run in non-admin mode and then that gets rid of like 90% of any exploitable problems. And that's actually probably a pretty good solution. I Sounds smart to me. It never even occurred to me, and I used to back when people would lock themselves out of their accounts, you just go into safe mode, go into administrator, there's never a password on it, and then just wipe their password for them. And it like never occurred to me that most people are running in that all the time. And it's mm-hmm. it, that's not exactly a good uh, model, you know? I mean, I'll be running XP on this thing until it blows up or coughs out some smoke of some sort, and then I'll get a Windows <laughs> 7 box. But I'm not. I'm also, I guess, not worried about it because a, a lot of people know how to like properly use the internet. You know what you shouldn't be clicking on. So. I will bet all four of us run Windows as an administrator. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I still I haven't changed it. I but, set up a separate account. Did you? With but but does it uh, have administrator rights? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. I I won't do that. Yeah. yeah. I used to have accounts on this machine for the family. Um but no, nah, it's just this the uh one account now. But everybody sort of knows you better not touch shit on my machine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As soon as I, when these computers became just mine again, like when I I stopped having roommates or girlfriends that were actually playing on these, I got rid of like all the antivirus and all that stuff. And they run a lot faster because they're kind of older machines and you don't need it. I've never had a problem. Never once. No antivirus on this machine either. Yeah. So it's a lot of how you use it. And then also you can extra, you know, go the extra step and, uh, if you want to change, if your networking depends on all of these accounts you have, you know, you might need to change some of that around, but it'll be <laughs> worth it in the long run. And it's a, a good way to not have to freak out like, oh man, I got to gotta get, get Windows 7 installed and got to do all that. It's like, no, you don't. Just calm down. You'll be fine. Many, many years ago in a place I no longer work in, I, I was having a problem with a, a desktop computer. And uh, the tech came up. This was before policies got so strict. And the tech came up and said, well, of course you've had problems with your computer. You're running it without an antivirus. <laughs> I, I, I informed the tech that I thought antiviruses was a scam. No, it's the placebo, man. You were making it run slow in your mind because there was no protection. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, speaking of protection, Yahoo going uh, the Google route and turning on encryption between their data centers, which, as you know, after the Snowden revelations, that was kind of that was the uplink or upstreaming that they were doing, right? They're tapping the the connections in between from the ISP. So, how do you fix that? Well, you have to encrypt all that stuff. So, I think what was it last month? Google turned it on for data center to data center. I, I don't remember when it was, but it was some sometime recently. So, uh, Yahoo also. Uh, doing that about time. I mean, we're starting to see this everywhere. We saw this a long time ago with when before Facebook and Twitter and that stuff was SSL. 
when Fire Sheep came out. You guys remember that? A little Fire little what? Firefox add-on called Fire Sheep. You could open it up at like a Starbucks or anywhere that there were people on Wi-Fi, and it would instantly populate with everybody's Twitter and oh, Facebook wow. logins because it wasn't SSL. It was basically doing a man-in-the-middle attack, snagging the cookie, right. And then acting on their behalf using that authentication, and you could post as that you could do anything you want. But because that happened and it got so popular, it caused them to go SSL. And now, because of this, you know, because of the snooping revelations, we're seeing more and more of this, which is good. Eventually, everything will be SSL. There's no reason not to do it. And people will say that, oh, it, it's a hit on the process. It's not. There's no difference. You're not even going to notice it. Not one bit. At all. At all. Uh, they say most everything is uh, HTTPS now except Yahoo News, sports, and finance. If you want those SSL, you have to actually type in HTTPS colon slash slash and, and all that. So I don't know why that is. Maybe something gets broken with was might it might be issues with certificates or redirects. Well, I was thinking because of what they are, new sports and finance, that's something that's pulling from outside. So maybe they're having a, something's breaking when something's getting encrypted there and it's not pulling in properly. That That's my guess. I, I don't know, though. Yeah, I thought they produced a lot of their own content there. Every now and then they link to an AP story or something like that. But I yeah. thought they had their own group providers. thought they did. Yeah, well, not the writing, not the articles. I'm talking about like the the page itself. It has a lot of content streaming in from other sources, oh, tickers, oh, nah, you. tickers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, sorry, I need more beer. No, yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, so it says Yahoo has faced pressure to encrypt more of its services for years. Uh, in 2012, the EFF Electric uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation. Another privacy activist called on Marissa Meyer to enable HTTPS encryption for their communication services. Uh, Yahoo began offering HTTPS encryption for mail back in 2012, but it was opt-in. And that's how it started, right? Google had it for Gmail, but it was opt-in. So you just go into the settings, turn it on, and you were uh, good to go. But it needs to be default, right, for everybody, because not everyone's going to go. There's, you know... You know, Ant, that there are people that use Gmail that have never once clicked on that gear. Never once have they never. ever clicked on that gear. There's magic in them there, <laughs> menu options. I got to tell you, someone came up to my desk the other day, um, and I was on my Gmail page, and they were like, wow, what is, what is that? And I said, this <laughs> Gmail. And they said, um, no, uh wow. <laughs> using a whole, you're using all of their features, aren't you? And I was like, do you not? You know, <laughs> it look apparently my Gmail doesn't look like any of their stuff. You know, <laughs> just click the gear. There's all kinds of things there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. Just like, did you know you can hold control and click on tabs and move them all? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. You can <laughs> try it. Just definitely try it. Late to the party. Uh, let's see. I, we should mention uh, just some kind of catch-up stuff that I thought is, is kind of interesting. Of course, Facebook uh, buying Oculus for, like, two Instagrams. Um, a lot of backlash from developers 
Um, Star Citizen, they've raised over $41 million from public donations. That's a world record, GameSpot says, for the most money raised through crowdfunding. Uh, in the wake of Facebook acquiring Oculus Rift for two bill, many people have asked Star Citizen, uh, the boss Chris Roberts, if he intends to sell to a bigger company. And he said, nope, don't even <laughs> worry. Uh, he says, quote, we have no plans nor interest in following this path. We don't need to go to anyone with deep pockets to make our dream a reality. Is that a little pot shot there? Like, hey, Oculus, we didn't need to uh, get we, – we didn't need Facebook's deep pockets. We, we have our own. Uh, they say to mass-produce hardware like the Rift, you need an outlay of hundreds of millions of dollars. And then he put his finger to his lip. Pencil Isn't there a fine line of selling out, though? Yeah, I guess. It, how hungry are you? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, sometimes you you sell out, and and that's like your goal is to to be acquired. Right. Like I um, want to make this with the sole purpose to sell out for the most money I can possibly sell out for. Yeah. And then there's other people. It's it's their baby, and they don't want to give it up. But know? not even just their baby, though, right? They get a community formed around it, and now all of a sudden this is our baby, and don't you dare sell it to mm-hmm. Facebook. These guys can achieve that. They need money to build hardware, too, more than... Well, it's true. Hardware's definitely expensive, but can you raise it on your own without being under the the reign of of a Facebook or a Google or an Apple or or whatever? It's possible. It's definitely... I mean, we've seen it. You know, I've heard a lot of talk about that over this last week since that happened, but I got to say... Who who among us wouldn't take would, would turn down two billion dollars? <laughs> two billion, give me fifty grand, I'm out. <laughs> I'm told. Yeah, I know. But yeah, that's that's huge, right? It's it's very huge. And it gives you resources, and I totally understand. It opens up a lot of doors that might not have been otherwise. And now you have the resources to kind of do. It's the problem is when Facebook comes in and is like all right, we're we're taking that now, and we're gonna build Facebook Second Life Farmville with it, and then that's it, and then you cry. But it doesn't. Hopefully, they won't do that. I mean, we'll see. It remains to be seen. But I have a feeling that that's not. They know better than to do something that that bad. You know. You know another thing they get. I have no idea what they're gonna do with it. If they have some dream of a world that needs a lot of users, they also get. A lot of users, like Facebook, gets them, but they get Facebook. That's true, right? A, that's a huge, a yeah. huge base to have behind them. And I'm with Mike. I'd take it. Yeah, I'd actually sell out for less. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually <laughs> sold out for less in the past, which is why I'm broke in the present. <laughs> Should have sold out for more. Lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it says in order for the Rift to succeed, it really needed a lot more funding than it has raised from its past two VC rounds. Hardware is expensive. It's one thing to perfect the technology, but before you can sell a single Rift, you need to spend hundreds of millions on manufacturing and building supply chain, uh, of course, if you intend for it to be relevant in a mass market. Uh, my... Do you think the VCs are looking for the big buyouts like that? 
Well, yeah, because the VCs are always looking for that next thing, right? So they want to get their money in and out so that they can go put it in and out somewhere else as quickly as possible. Is that ethical? Probably not. (laughs) But, and not, granted, not all of them are are like that, but I watch a lot of Shark Tank. I watch too much Shark Tank. What what do y'all think about that? A VC is Okay, they had, as I understand it, both some venture money and but it started with Kickstarter, right? The venture yes. guys, I mean, they, they put up money and they have a right to sell out when they think the time's right. I think the people that are complaining are the ones that did Kickstarter. But uh, They can only complain, though, if they don't get their thing, right? Kickstarter's up front about it. You know, the, the ethical question's a hard one. I, I, I'm quite sure they didn't do or are not doing anything illegal. No. Um, and the problem with Kickstarter, of course, is people think they're buying into something in a mm-hmm. n- kind of imprecise way. As if they have shares. You're not. Yeah. You're, you're you're not really buying into it in a in a legal concrete way. So it's, you know, they. They stuck their hand out and said, you know, give us a contribution and we promise to do good things. I, I guess they're still going to do good things, but now they're going to do them on steroids. <laughs> Could you put yeah, on an sure. Oculus Rift and just walk into Facebook? Like your you Facebook newsfeed? Not Facebook like the building, but like your your Facebook newsfeed. You just put it on and now you're... You're seeing your friends say their updates or something? I mean, how how annoying would that get? I just don't know where this plays. But then again... Second life, dude. Think second life, but Facebook. That's what I think. Yeah, it's... Why bother? I mean, come on. (laughs) Second life, I can really live without. I have lived well without it. I've never (laughs) understood second life's attraction. I'd rather be in a chat room than have a than be an avatar in a chat room. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that brings that concept to life, basically. Yeah. Second mm-hmm. life. That's putting on the rift and being in this virtual world. Like that's what it is. Now what do you do in that virtual world? You grab a gun and go kill zombies, or do you like pull slot machines or play poker or whatever? It's up to you. I'm looking forward to the day. Right? I'm looking forward to the day of seeing people walk around with the scuba mask on. Oh, no. you got to be sitting. I like. You have to be sitting for that. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to walk into one of your friend's house and their teenage kid is sitting on the couch with this big scuba mask on talking about him following my feed. Come on, man. It's one of these (laughs) to the back of the head. Yeah. Jeez. That would be the really interesting thing to know is how these guys, how the guys see it playing out. Yeah. How they see this thing. What are people going to be doing with these turkeys and tanks? Well, let's just take conferences, for example. Let's start there. What that completely redefines what a conference is. Instead of everyone having to spend money on plane tickets to go into a physical space with these meatbag bodies, now we're doing conferences like in Skype world, but we're actually there, and it's getting real enough to where it feels like we're there because it's tricking at least two of our senses. 
is that any better than what Ant did today and watch the keynote streaming? Yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. What's the difference there? It's more immersive. It, more it, immersive it gets you because it's there. On my, on my eyeballs. It gets you there. You're not distracted by everything else around you while you're watching TV, basically. You're there at the conference. You can walk to a different conference room. You can do what you would do there uh, in the real world if you were there. I mean, minus go out to the parties, I guess. I, I don't know. But it I seems see like concept. it's like surrogates, right? But virtually. I can see your concept there. Not buying it, but I can see it. Yeah, no, I know. It's all BS. Yeah, I'm going to go put on a scuba mask while I watch this show. So <laughs> <laughs> we should have done that for I April. I want to see Matt a scuba mask. Man, that will be way better. <laughs> Underwater. I, I'm too unimaginative. <laughs> all right. And, hey, Ant, you saw this at CES. You kind of liked it. The typo keyboard for the <laughs> – for the iPhone, <laughs> a lot of people really like it, except Dude. for BlackBerry. They really don't like it, and uh, you may not see this product. Man, look, when we were, when we were at CES, I remember walking through the, um, I think it was the Las Vegas uh, Convention Center, not the actual um, where CES was, but I was walking through there and walked past this one booth, and, and I just stopped. And I looked back, and I was like, damn, it looks like a BlackBerry keyboard. That fool is selling of, keyboards for BlackBerry. And, and I'm sort of <laughs> laughing to myself. And I said, all right, what the hell? Let me just ask these folks what's going on with this. And I interviewed the guy, and I picked, I picked up the device. And sure enough, it was just like a BlackBerry keyboard. And it works well for the iPhone and for people that wants to type on a physical keyboard. The problem is it works too well because it's just like what BlackBerry has. You know? And also didn't they, they went to BlackBerry and was like, Hey, can we license since you guys aren't using this? Yeah. Can we license it and, and put it out to, to people that'll actually, and they said, Nope. Yeah, of course, BlackBerry's no. like, oh, that's not going to happen. BlackBerry to was offended, movie. right? They basically yeah. just walked up to BlackBerry and said, we like you because of your looks, not because of your brains. And BlackBerry got all offended and was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> no way. I mean, it, was, it was as bad as the whole, you remember the iPhone 3G versus the Samsung, whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, the S2. That, I mean, it was down to the icons, and they were identical. Oh, my gosh. It, it was insanely yeah. close. And I picked it up, and I was, it, it was insanely close. And I remember writing that piece on a new domain and just thinking, man, these folks are about to get sued. And so when I dug into it a little more, there was already works for, um, for this lawsuit to happen, and it's finally come to fruition. It says, uh, according to the U.S. District Judge William Oreck in Frisco, typo didn't sufficiently challenge the patents in question, and so the court awarded the sales ban for now. Uh, the suit was filed in January. <laughs> right at CES time, folks. Right? <laughs> but you know there's a bunch of those floating around out there, and the ones that have them love them. Yeah. Yeah. Blackberry ought to make a rim. You'd think. It's not going to happen. Yeah. They're putting, why not? They put BBM on other platforms. Why not put something useful like your keyboard? And they probably, you know what? They probably should do something like that. That's the only time they'll make some money. 
Well, I'm just saying if you can't you can't have it both ways and say, well, we'll we'll develop software for other platforms, but if you want to use our keyboard, you're gonna have to come use our whole crappy platform. <laughs> like that just seems like I don't know, like you're being snooty now. You have yeah, one they, good thing about you, and it's that awesome keyboard. Other than that, <laughs> sorry. Their rationale would be that Apple sells phones that they would have sold otherwise. Yeah. That it's costing them sales. Market share. Yeah. You have to demonstrate loss of that it's cost you some money before you can get somebody on it. Which is funny, too, because this, this is Ryan Seacrest, right? This is his thing. Like, he has money. Go get more lawyers. Go get better lawyers. Who's Ryan Seacrest? Uh, the Dick Clark replacement? I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Moving on. Do you know who who Neil Young is? Are you familiar with Neil? Singer? Neil? Is that his name? Yeah, Neil Young. You guys know who he is? He's a singer. I had to Google it to see. No, I'm kidding. I know who Neil Young is. Are you familiar with the Pono music? This is a Kickstarter. He started. It's supposed to be like a super high fidelity bit rate. Uh, music oh. player, right? Their Kickstarter has 12 days left, and they're over $5 million out of wow. their $800,000 goal. And so apparently there's a bunch of like audiophiles that are pretty down with this, but then there's the other side that's like, you guys are fooling yourselves, and none of your ears can even hear the difference between, what, 24-bit and 32-bit, or 16-bit and 32-bit? Like you can't tell, and you're just being snobs. You're being wine snobs, right? At this point, you're just really need to be a professionally trained ear, so to speak, to hear that stuff. Because there's some lossless files that I have that I I don't think they're that much better than you know my other 128 bit um, tracks. Well, it depends what you play them on, right? Your speakers have to have the range. You're again, and then you're right. But again, when you look at these folks, this so-called audiophiles, right, know, right. They listen to these things here, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, your ears also have to have the range. Yeah, you know. Which, unless you're like under the age of twelve, you really don't, because you yeah. grow that that it develops out. Yeah, you unless you're a mosquito. <laughs> Mosquitoes always hear that that range. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. $5 million for this glorified iPod. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Neil Young, I mean, right on. I guess if yeah, anyone knows. a professional musician. Maybe he does hear these nuanced differences. Well, yeah, but I can give, I can give yeah. a professional that credit. Yeah, sure. A professional also has. teenagers that credit. No, teenagers don't have 500 grand worth of audio sound you know equipment to to use it on right but i don't know i saw it was interesting i just wanted to mention that uh and before we get out of here let's talk about this real quick the amazon video streaming set top box scoot over apple tv roku uh chromecast and google tv and all the other ones because there's a new dog on the on the porch here and his name is amazon Video streaming set-top box. Fire TV. Is that what they're going to call it, or are you making mm-hmm. jokes? No, that's it. Fire TV. I'd Did like to fire Why TV. I should 
get one of those when I've already got three Rokus. You shouldn't then. Uh, you absolutely shouldn't. It's not the only thing. I mean, to me, the whole thing is content. If they've got some content deals that Roku doesn't have, then maybe I'd be interested. But if it's the same content, and I don't know. I don't get it. Oh, I get it now. Fire TV. Like, you're going to fire TV because you have Amazon. I get it. That's clever. That is damn clever. <laughs> no, it, it it intrigued me for a second. Um, <laughs> wow. It did. But then I thought about the, the Pulse Pro... Pulse Pro 2 that's coming out. It's another Google TV product. Um, and then it would sort of fit me more because it will still have all of my Android stuff available to me because I actually listen to my music on my surround sound system there, which is the Google Google All Access thing. I wouldn't have that feature with uh, Amazon. I'd have to buy more tracks through the Amazon store, which I'm not going to do. And honestly, um, we're not even buying tracks in the Play Store. We're paying our eight bucks a month and getting month. all the tracks. Yeah. Um, it. I just don't see why. Other than the hardware specs on it, it look. You know, it it's touting to be super duper fast. And when I played around with that Pulse Pro at CES and that extra hardware in it, that was that was nice. It was night and day compared to... Did come up faster and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, it was, and it was fluid. Everything was fluid, you know. It wasn't all cluttered like a TouchWiz screen either, <laughs> you know. So is this just a giant Kindle Fire, basically, that you hang on your wall? Uh, a puck. I think it's like a four-inch box. Oh, yeah, I was thinking, like, screen. It doesn't have a screen. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. I'm tired. <laughs> $99 is a good price for it. That's not expensive for something like that. Um, but, again, I just don't know the use case for it. And I don't understand um, why pay $99 for that when people that actually want to keep a specific cable package can still continue to use a Roku and use a Google TV because it fits in with your current cable packages and, give you the little overlays and whatnot too. But their voice search works, they say. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I mean, always good to have more competition in the the market for sure. Competition's good. Definitely. It is. Now, is this... I give you guys a related sort of just anecdotal thing. I'm, I've been fooling around with a $200 Acer Chromebook, and it can cast video perfectly uh, to a, a Google Cast, a Chromecast. Uh, nice. No stuttering, no jumping around, just it just plays from A. That's the two gig A model? Back there. I believe it's got four gigs. Four gigs, okay. Um, you know, I can't even figure it out. I cannot figure out any way to find out how much to, to verify the, the, uh, the memory capacity of it. Larry? You know, again, like we said, there's no control alt delete. You have to right click on my computer and then click properties. <laughs> yeah, right on my computer. And then click oh, the advanced tab. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a delete, you know, it's the no alt key, man. No, but seriously, it just I was really surprised. This little thing costs two hundred bucks and it just streams video just smooth as glass. Awesome. Yeah. 
So are they still making the gaming system? Or was this that? This is integrated into the Fire TV. You can get some additional control. That's the difference between the Roku and Again, this is going to be another Ouya that's not necessarily taken off very well. Right. You know. I I don't know how much they expect to compete from a gaming standpoint when their biggest concern is how fast can I order the next season of uh, Amazon Pilots? But they are. They're going to come out with a $40 controller. Well, they yeah. they call it a device. It's going to be the Fire Game Controller. I'm kind of looking forward to when one of these actually malfunctions and sets someone's TV on fire and then all of the news. All right. And with that, let's end the show. I am that dude. All right. Yet another tech show.com. Thanks for joining us as always. Every Wednesday night, you can watch us live. We have a chat room and all that. Uh, Make sure to subscribe in iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Also, does anybody use Stitcher still? Awesome. Uh, you can email the crew at yetanothertechshow.com and uh, leave us a review in iTunes. We appreciate that. Hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. And uh, see you guys Thursday for the smartphone photographer point and shoot. Good one coming tomorrow. It's a lot of interesting shots being submitted for tomorrow's hangout. Very cool. Look forward to that. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank y'all. Have a good Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.